Yes, welcome to Sports Day with uh, Peter Vlahos here on this Monday. I hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Certainly uh, a beautiful weekend weather-wise, and it's a fraction warmer today. And coming up on the program between now and 6 o'clock, it's the coaches' night, actually. We'll be speaking to John Rilly, the coach of the Perth Wildcats, and as well as that, we'll be speaking to Ruben Zadkovic, the coach of the Perth Glory. And both are in action tomorrow night. So we thought we'd check in with both coaches tomorrow night. The Wildcats take on the Breakers. And uh, in that's here at RAC Arena. And tomorrow night, the Perth Glory take on the Brisbane Roar. And that's at Macedonia Park. So we'll be speaking to both coaches on the program ahead of very important games for both. The reasons being that the Perth Wildcats, as we know, got destroyed by the Sydney Kings uh, the other night. Uh, they lost by 108 to 87 to their arch rivals. The Kings extended their winning streak over the Wildcats to four games after dominating, really, from the start. And there was no comeback there for the Perth Wildcats. On the other hand, it was a more positive note for the Perth Glory. They were victorious 1-0 against the Western Sydney Wanderers, who before the game last uh, weekend were sitting on top of the uh, second in the A-League ladder behind Melbourne City. So contra- contrasting fortunes, but both will need to win, you'd think, uh, tomorrow night to keep from a glory perspective a bit of momentum to get away from the low reaches of the A-League ladder and also for the Perth Wildcats to get back in the winner's circle. Now, I think they sit at 10 wins and nine losses at this point in time. Just some news regarding, I think, uh, a good piece of cricket uh, news. Now, it's more a tribute to a cricket trailblazer, and we'll kick it off at the top of the program, where Australian cricket has paid tribute to women's cricket trailblazer Norma Johnson, who died today at the age of 95. Johnson, whose middle name, uh, maiden name was Whiteman, played seven tests for Australia between 1948 and 1951 and was Australia's oldest living test cricketer at 95 years and 13 days old. Former Aussie captain, a member of the Invincibles of 1948, Bill Brown, who died in 2008, is Australia's oldest ever test cricketer, having died 95 years and 229 days. But after just three years in the team, Johnston retired in 1951 and returned to Bathurst and was a prominent member of the local sporting community. So we do uh, pay tribute to Norma Johnston, a real trailblazer when it came to Australian cricket. Okay, let's go. If you're listening on SEN 657 in Perth, great to have your company. This is Sports Day with uh, Peter Vlahos, and we're broadcasting live from the Toolkit Depot studios at Optus Stadium. You can join us any time on the Temper at Bedshed text machine at number 0487 736 736, or you can call the open line 13 12 55 for Kia, the seven-seat Kia Sorento large SUV. All right, as I said, John really hopefully will join us in just a moment and we'll speak to Ruman Zatkovic as well. Just looking at some sport that's uh, transpired, a lot has been spoken today about the fact that the Australians declared yesterday before play got underway and whether Usman Khawaja would be allowed to score possibly a double century in the match at the SCG that was certainly uh, very much 
uh, becoming a non-event because of the amount of rain, particularly in days three and four. In fact, there was even day of rain early in the uh, test match as well. Whose decision was it? Usman Khawaja came out and said this on the declaration depriving him of his very first double test century in cricket. Yeah, the rain just kept cooking me. So I'd, I probably could have really tried to get that 200 the night before if I, if I really wanted to, but obviously having no idea we're in day two. I'm thinking, oh, I've got, I got tomorrow. I, mean, I could get 400 here if I'm good enough. Like, <laughs> you got all day tomorrow. <laughs> I wasn't thinking that at all. I did the rain all day through. I'm like, well, that's not ideal. But I thought, ah, oh, that's no, all right. Morning at day four, I'll just I'll, I'll get it then. And then morning at day four, start raining again. I'm like, oh, this yeah. is. Cause I know I know Pat wants to bowl. I know what we're trying. We still want to win the test match. And then they take the covers off, and there's like a little muddy patch on the wicket. And I'm like, man, nothing's going my way here. If we don't start soon, I'm in trouble. And I could just read the room. And I think if it went, if it rained again most of that day, and we were winning the day five, I think Paddy might have been like, no, nah, let's just bat boys. We're coming with this game. But it probably finished at a time where we still felt like we could have won the game. And it was just unfortunate timing, to be honest. And yeah, I, I could sort of feel it off Paddy. You know, you can sort of walk past him and get this awkward tension. I'm like, yeah, he feel like, yeah, I know what he's thinking. <laughs> but, but it was all right. It was all right. So I, I actually made the effort. I went up to him and I said, mate, do whatever you need to. Don't worry about me. you got to try to win a test match. we all got to try to win a test match. What kind of teammate would I be if we weren't trying to do that? I was putting myself in front of him. So just take the emotion out of it. And he was like, no, I appreciate that. But it was fine. Okay, there you go, Usman Khawaja. And it was a big discussion point. Uh, you know, the water cooler, people discussing it. Ah, oh, Uzi should have been allowed to get his 200. It was never going to be anything but a draw that test match because of the uh, rain. On the other hand, Australia thinking them to themselves, we've got to give this a red-hot go and try and make it a clean sweep against the South Africans, win by three test matches to nil. And then uh, that's on the back end, of course, of that clean sweep against the West Indies where they won test matches in Perth and Adelaide. But it wasn't to be. They didn't win the test match, and Usman Kawaja didn't get his double century. We'll come back to this a little bit later on, but big news today in tennis where Nick Kyrgios isn't just locked in to play the Australian Open. He's going to warm up with a showdown against nine-time champ Novak Djokovic. Now, Tennis Australia boss Craig Tiley confirmed that Kyrgios, who has been battling an ankle injury, will take on Djokovic this Friday night in an exhibition match extravaganza. Now, tickets will be sold for the match, and it could pack out Rod Laver Arena in Melbourne with all proceeds going to charity. And it also, I think, may be the launch date for a brand-new Netflix tennis documentary that Nick Kyrgios is featured in. And before we speak to John Riley, the coach of the Perth Wildcats, just in short, this is what Kyrgios said about that documentary. What did I say? What did I say? I told you. I was like, okay, I can't keep doing this. I just had to be kinder to myself. For my mental health, I could never be one of those players again that played all year round. I couldn't do that. I value my family, my close, close friends, and Cozzy too much to put tennis in front of that anymore. I don't think that's healthy. I don't really have any expectations now in my matches. Like, I want to just go out there, have fun, and take the pressure off. And then we can kind of live more of a normal life. It's much better like this, that's for sure. And that was Nick Kuros actually in the new Netflix documentary. I think it airs 
on Friday ahead of the Australian Open that gets underway on Monday. All right, as I said, it's coaches' night tonight, and there's two significant matches being played for our two Certainly national teams in basketball and soccer. Tomorrow night, the Wildcats finally back home. They take on the breakers on the back end of what was a disappointing performance against the Sydney Kings. John really the coach of the Wildcats, is about to join us. And later on, we'll speak to Ruben Jatkovic, who plays the Perth Glory tomorrow night. They take on Brisbane Raw in Stirling there at Macedonia Park after what was a surprise 1-0 win at home against the highly fancied Western Sydney Wanderers at the weekend. Coaches Night here on Sports Day with Peter Vlahos. Thanks to Kia, the seven-seat Kia Sorento large SUV. First, let's uh, get onto the court and speak to John Rilly, the coach of the Wildcats, and we thank him very much for his time. Hello, John. How are you? Uh, Good. Thanks, Pete, for having me on. Yeah, compliments of the season to you. Happy New Year. But it wasn't a great start to the New Year, was it, on the weekend? No, absolutely not. Uh, we got to play uh, the two top teams in the NBL right now. So for us, that was a great measuring stick. Uh, you know, we had a better showing against the Breakers than we did against the Kings. But, um, you know, we get another crack at New Zealand tomorrow. We've played them in two games. We're one-on-one and uh, both games have been very good and competitive so far. But it is going to be great to be back in RAC Arena tomorrow night. Yeah, it's been long overdue, of course, being caught up with the United Cup in tennis, which has kept the Wildcats away. Defensive weaknesses have been talked about, particularly when you give a team like the Kings a 15-0 head start. It's always going to be difficult from that situation. What are you going to do to make sure that doesn't happen again tomorrow night? Yeah, look, I'm just not sure where the 15-0 start come in because we did actually start the first six, seven minutes of the game against the Kings. We were, we did a great job of coming out and embracing the atmosphere and we we're up 11-9. Um, so the way we started, we started well against New Zealand. Uh, some of our issues at the start of the year were at the beginning of games. We seem to have rectified that, but it's just the uh, second or third period where we have some lulls and as you said there's there's you know some big disparity in the points so um us just for me we just need to get a little bit more production from our bench yeah just saying that also is that do we really push the sydney kings match aside you've been involved in basketball a long time was it just one of those nights and we're a lot better than that but for whatever reason it didn't work the other night or do you sort of have to take something out of it to make sure it doesn't replicate itself tomorrow night Look, I, I can make all the excuses in the world for why the final score was, but throughout games, you have a period of time where you can capitalize, where you might necessarily be playing well. Uh, once I re rewatched that game, uh, there was a minute 55 left in the third quarter. We were actually doing a good job defensively where we got multiple stops in a row. We just didn't capitalize at the offensive end where we got some wide open looks and we got to the foul line and different things, but we just didn't capitalize in those certain situations. So basketball is a great game of momentum. And if you can't capitalize on the momentum and the way that you're playing, it's tough to get back in and chip into the game and put scoreboard pressure. So uh, today when we watched film, we talked about, you know, the little things and not getting panicked by the scoreboard and so forth. So hopefully we can address those things and get off to a great start, but continue that on throughout the periods of the game. 
The build-up to the Sydney Kings game was all about the first time since, I think, 1991. I spoke to Mike Ellis, actually, on my Saturday morning program. Uh, the Ellis brothers were uh, a great combination uh, for the Perth Wildcats in the early years and for the first time since brothers played together, it was the Websters uh, this weekend against the Sydney Kings. Tell us how high-profile recruit Ty Webster did go in his first outing in a Wildcat singlet. Yeah, look, he he uh, he individually had a you know a solid debut. Um, I think anyone that watched the game can see the you know the nice little dynamic he's going to bring to our group with his speed and athleticism. Um, but although he joined us in New Zealand, and and just because of our schedule and our road games, he hasn't got much practice time under his belt. So today was like another good situation where he could get some meaningful reps out on the court with our players we can add to our playbook instead of me just trying to bamboozle him with a bunch of plays. Um, so he should be better tomorrow than what he was the other night just because he's becoming a little more familiar with the situation. But look, he anytime you can add a local player with his talent, uh, that that's a good sign for the Perth Wildcats. Saying that, his brother Corey's going okay? Yeah. Oh, look, the, uh, absolutely. Um I was talking to someone else today about this in the fact that uh, our team or our roster has been sporadic where we'll get contributions at a high level from some guys and then other guys will just not be in the same type of form. So hopefully, you know, down this stretch and moving forward, uh, you know, I can get the most out of our roster, out of everyone consistently. I haven't had a close look at the ladder, but I think it's uh, you're sitting at uh, a 10 and 9 split, uh, roughly halfway stage, over the halfway stage. We're heading towards the business end of uh, this NBL season. How much work still mm-hmm. needs to be done, John? Yeah, look, look uh, if, you, if you look at the ladder, like anywhere from like second to eighth, like it's, uh, you know, maybe three, potentially four games that separates those spots. So it's really close. Uh, I, I like our form over the last month um, and, and us moving forward, adding Ty Webster to the group. Uh, I think we've got a, you know, a, a little bit more growth in us. Our offense has been very good over the last three weeks. Um, so we're, we're heading in the right direction, but our margin for error as you get to the playoff part of the year becomes less. So we need to keep moving forward and keep uh, – evolving as a team, that's for sure. Yeah, I've just got up the ladder, actually. Wildcats 10 and 10 split, sitting in seventh position. Uh, saying that, Luke Travis, where's he at? Is he yeah. a, a possibility for tomorrow? Yeah, look, uh, Luke was just battling a little illness. Um, so hopefully he should be good to go tomorrow. Um, you know, we live in the era of load management, making sure guys come back where they can hit the ground running. So uh, I feel confident that Travers will be back out there, but I certainly don't have the medical expertise to say 100% he'll be back. But it, it's trending in the right direction. Three big games to come up over the next week or so. It is the Breakers tomorrow night, yep. the 36ers on Saturday, and the following Friday, that is Friday week, you take on the Kings. So three home games. This is pivotal. This is season-defining, you think, these next three home games. Would you read it that way, John? Look, absolutely, and, and you say three, but uh, you, you pulled up the ladder. You can see how close it is. It's it's a game-by-game game right now. Like New Zealand's one of those teams in the playoff hunt and in the mix like us. Then Adelaide, same story, and then Sydney. But if we don't take care of business tomorrow against Breakers, 
then you know then the next game just becomes that much more important so let's focus on the breakers but this stretch of three games at home um you know will have a huge uh, indicator on how we'll finish the year how are you handling the expectations and the pressure that comes with being the head coach of the Perth Wildcats, particularly at this stage where people are having a look like I on the ladder, wondering, let's hope it's not back to back where they don't make the playoffs. But you know, we're <laughs> we're all very confident that the Wildcats have got the armory to certainly play deep into the season. So how are you handling the expectations and and the added pressure with being involved with such a successful franchise? You know, look, we're we're all mindful and we understand that. Um, But whatever someone else's expectation is, is never going to be greater than my own expectation. Um, So uh, me understanding where we're at and getting us to the greatest position to finish the season is more important than trying to, um, you know, come to terms with someone else's expectation because their expectation is never going to be better than my own. John, you've answered it beautifully. Good luck tomorrow night. We're all behind you. It should be an absolute beauty against the Breakers after all, as you mentioned. Uh, Unlucky not to pick up the victory uh, down there in the land of the long light cloud about a week or so ago when you got beat (laughs) 97-94. It was oh so close and what would have been a a great result. Let's hope we could turn the tables on the Kiwis tomorrow night. Yeah, I appreciate your time, Pete. Good on you, John. John Rilly, you're the coach of the Perth Wildcats, joining us here on Coaches Night here on Sports Day. It's all thanks to Kia, the seven-seat Kia Sorento Large SUV. Uh, two big games for two of our national teams. As you can hear from John Rilly, it's a big one tomorrow night for the Perth Wildcats against the Breakers. A big one for the glory. They're taking on uh, certainly the Brisbane Roar, who dealt the Melbourne victory a blow a few nights ago. They beat them 1-0. Uh, The Brisbane Roar are on their way now to Perth and take on the Perth Glory uh, tomorrow night at Macedonia Park. In about about 10 minutes' time, we'll have a chat to Ruben Zadkovic, the coach of the Glory. But on the other side of the break, uh, we'll bring you up to date with everything that's happening in sports. So don't go away. And as I said, you can join us anytime if you're listening on SEN 657 on the Tempo Bridgehead text machine 0487 736 736. Betshed are the experts in temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases. Check the range of temper products in store or visit bedshed.com.au. It's 18 after 5. Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Don't change that dial. Keep it on SEN 657. Uh, the hot topic, thanks to Repco for expert car service. Uh, book into a uh, local Repco authorised service centre now. They're pretty good at what they do. Interesting, uh, I spoke about at the top of the program regarding that charity match that's going to be staged on Friday night at Rod Laver Arena. Novak Djokovic and... Nick Kyrgios, well done to Novak Djokovic. We'll hear from him because he won the Adelaide International, his first tournament win of the year. So he's really gearing up for a serious assault at the Australian Open crown when the Open gets underway at Melbourne Park on Monday. But after what Novak Djokovic uh, certainly put the Australian tennis authorities, the Australian government and all that through 
at the start of last year when he wanted to play at the Australian Open and we know that COVID was front and centre and he was an anti-vaxxer and he wasn't permitted to enter the country. He did enter the country but then was uh, deported and wasn't allowed to play at the Australian Open. Well, he's back now and I know people were split in relation. Some people sympathised with him. Some people were quite angry that he even went that far and uh, drew a lot of other people into what became a headlined act for a good two or three weeks. And then Nick Kyrgios on Friday night, love or hate him, he still draws people. And wherever he plays, people love to see him, even though there's a lot of people in the Australian sporting community that can't stand his antics. And sometimes when he fires up and smashes rackets and abuses individuals, and he says it's good for the sport, uh, and he says people come to see that. They come to see a bit of theatre at the tennis, which can be very sterile, but people like the sterile conservatism of tennis. So who will you support on Friday night? Now, it's a charity match, I know, but these two are these two are competitive beasts. They'll try and beat each other. And they've got a bit of history too. I know certainly on social media, uh, particularly Kyrgios has had a, a few jabs at Novak Djokovic and Djokovic has fired back. So here they are. They are playing in this charity match Friday night at Rod Laver Arena. They'll pack them in. Don't worry about that. This will be great entertainment. But if you're watching it is and you want someone to win, which way would you be going? Love to hear from you here on SEN 657. We're broadcasting live from the Toolkit Depot studios at Optus Stadium and the temper at Bedshed Text Machine 0487 736 736. Speaking of that, Novak Djokovic took out the Adelaide International. A couple of times he was challenged and many thought he wouldn't get to the final, let alone win it, but he's just shown, regardless of the situation and where he is in a tennis match, his ability to win from anywhere. Statistically, I've been um, lucky to, to win more of these kind of matches. And, of course, the more you win um, these particular matches, the, the, the better you feel. And I think, um, I think it, it gets to the head of your opponents more as well. So that's what I want. I want them to, to know that, you know, uh, regardless of the scoreline, I'm always there. I'm always fighting to the last shot and that I'm able to turn things around. So, of course, going into the court with anybody uh, knowing that they know as well uh, what I'm capable of is, is of course, um, advantage. Okay, that's Novak Djokovic. And, of course, Alex Dimonor is one of the uh, flag flyers for Australia on the men's side of the draw. He's our top-ranked male player. And he's looking forward to the Australian Open and certainly the Victorians that will be there at Melbourne Park and everybody around the country will be urging him on. And he's confident of a pretty good showing at the first major of the year. It was a great win, um, one that gave me a lot of confidence. Uh, one of those kind of milestone moments where you sort of achieve and unlock and and I'm feeling great about where my level is right now. So I think uh, hopefully I can put myself in the same position to, to play these uh, high-quality matches, top-level guys, and, and really take it to them. Alex Dimonor talking also, uh, referring to that great win against Rafael Nadal uh, for Australia in the United Cup. And finally, in the sports uh, headlines, for tyre power, buy three and get one free on selected Kumo passenger car and SUV tyres at tyre power. West Coast youngster Asaya Winder has been charged with assault following an incident in Geelong in early December. Now, the Eagles confirmed 
The 20-year-old will face court later this year over the incident that occurred at a party while he was in Geelong at a summit for the AFL's Indigenous and Multicultural Players. Winder was initially stood down by the club and banished to the Waffle Program, but after regaining the trust of the club, he was allowed to return to training with the AFL squad today. And the West Coast Eagles have come out and said there'll be no further comment. Later on in the program, I'll bring you some very sad news regarding one of our Australian great sporting exports. Uh, one of our great Australian sporting exports. And he stems from Western Australia. A bit of sad news. Uh, we hope that this individual gets over. He laid a setback. I'm pretty sure he will. But I'll give you all the details a bit later on. Ruben Zadkovich, the coach of the Perth Glory, joins us next. It's 28 past five here on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Great to have your company. 33 degrees, the forecast off for Perth tomorrow. Initially, it was going to be around about 36, but uh, it's come back a bit. And they're in for a couple of cooler days before it uh, sort of ramps up again and heads towards the mid-30s. Just uh, hoping to track down Ruben Zatkovich, the coach of the Perth Glory, in a minute or so. Just on the temper at bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. Uh, Woody has sent us a message Say hi, Peter. The selectors need to be cross-examined, retest selection. They knew it would be wet based on forecasts and that there would be less time to bowl out South Africa twice, but went for six specialist batsmen and only two quicks. In fact, when you look at it, uh, I think the keeper... Carey uh, came in at number six. So they'll probably, as you mentioned, maybe I reckon one batsman short. But anyway, Ashton the kid Agar then had to open the bowling. Bailey needs a please explain, Woody. I'm just wondering how much the the chairman of selectors really has to say (laughs) in what happens there on the field. I just think in the end, it was, uh, there was too much time lost. I'm not sure, regardless of whether they bowled an extra speedster, uh, an extra quick bowler would have made any difference. We know that Josh Hazelwood bowled exceptionally well, as did Pat Cummings. Certainly the uh, pick of the Australian specialist. Many thought that maybe Scott Boland should have played at the expense of Ashton Agar. But in the end, I think Agar deserved an opportunity. They wanted a left-arm spinner in the side. And I suppose it may have been a dress rehearsal for Ashton Agar in relation to India. He didn't really get the figures that everybody was hoping. And all of a sudden, the media critics in the eastern states are throwing up a couple of other names that could possibly be in the touring party to India. But as I said earlier, Ashton Agar, I think, was selected. He deserved the selection. The thing with Ashton Agar, and we've seen it for a number of seasons, and we've also seen it in the recent BBL, he's an outstanding fieldsman, even though he did drop a pretty difficult chance in the test match late in the series. May have been on the final day, one that we had to dive to his right and he was airborne. He can bowl. We've seen how effective he can be and he can bat and we know how well he can bat. So I think all those ingredients rolled into one make 
Ashton Agar a very good prospect to go to India. So I hope they stick with him. It'd be really sad if they thrust him forward for one test match and then all of a sudden they go with uh, someone left of field to actually go to the tour of India. So I'm hoping that Ashton Agar gets the nod and I'm quietly confident that I think he will. Some AFL news here. I mentioned about Isaiah Winder being charged with assault following that incident in Geelong in early December. The Adelaide Crows have been dealt a bit of a major blow as they enter 2023 after top draftee Fisher McKay called a sudden end to his career. Now, the versatile tall had been granted personal leave in November to spend time with his family in Melbourne, but now has informed the Crows he won't be back. And this is uh, a quote from McKay He said, unfortunately, I've lost a lot of the enjoyment and desire to improve, which is required to make it at the top level. So he's decided to um, forego his football career. The story that I wanted to share with you regarding a top flight Australian sporting export who's been just outstanding uh, in recent years in the United States of America and comes from Western Australia is Australian Major League Baseball star Liam Hendricks. He's revealed a shock cancer diagnosis with the pitcher set to begin treatment for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma immediately. Hendricks had been preparing to return to preseason next month with the Chicago White Sox. However, he will now take time away from the game to receive treatment. He grew up, as we know, playing here in Perth. He played t-ball and baseball for the Korean Cats before progressing to the top U.S. league in 2011 and is a 12-year veteran playing for his fifth organisation. He's only 33. He has been with the White Sox since 2021, saving 75 games for them over the past two seasons and is known as a team leader who's pretty uh, active in charitable causes throughout Chicago. Uh, Hendricks actually issued a statement via the Instagram account where he revealed the shock diagnosis. So we wish him all the best. His father is Jeff Hendricks, who still holds a record of being the youngest WAFL premiership player. He was only 16 when West Perth won the 1975 premiership. And I was talking to Jeff, and I know Jeff quite well, and his wife, Deb, uh, and they all went to the United States for Christmas with their daughter, Shanae, who recently got married, to spend Christmas with... Liam and his wife, and they were all together for the first time in a number of years, and uh, it was pretty sad uh, in relation to that news coming out. And they would have known that, I gather, when they were over there as a family during the Christmas New Year break. So we do wish Liam all the best. He's very positive in his Instagram message, saying that uh, he will take some time away from baseball to focus on his health, uh, get the required treatment as... He mentioned he starts treatment tomorrow. It might take just a few months, but he's hoping and he's confident he'll be back and he'll get rid of this uh, condition that he has at this point in time. So we wish him the best of luck. Liam Hendricks, an outstanding Australian Major League Baseball star. Coming, as I said, uh, played all his t-ball and baseball just down the road there at the Korean Cats. Good luck to him. 21 to 6, we'll continue to uh, endeavour to get to Ruben Zadkovic, uh, the coach of the Perth Glory. Uh, but other than that, we'll bring you up to date with what's happening in sport. Come and join us anytime. Uh, thanks for your text, by the way, Woody, on the Temper of Bedshed text machine 0487 736 736. Or you can give us a call on the open line 13 12 55.
for Kia, the seven-seat Kia Sorento large SUV. Sports Day here on SEN 657. Sports Day for Kia, the seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Great to have your company. Peter Vlahos with you here on Sports Day on SEN 657. We're here for Kia, the seven-seat Kia Sorento large SUV. Hoping to get Ruben Zadkovic. We can't track him down. Ruben, Ruben, where are you? Uh, By the way, tomorrow night I'll be broadcasting Sports Day from Macedonia Park between five and six, uh, just ahead of that match against the Brisbane Raw. So I'll try and uh, collar Ruben, because we haven't been able to track him down tonight, maybe for a guest appearance on Sports Day tomorrow night live from Macedonia Park from 5 o'clock, so he'll bring us all the latest news. Of course, A-League update. All you need to do is download Keep Up, the home of everything A-League, and watch the new docuseries A-League All Access. Uh, I know that uh, people like David Davudovic and others all get involved in Keep Up. Download it uh, today. And not forgetting, we spoke earlier to the Perth Wildcats coach, John Rilly. Uh, they are playing tomorrow night against the Breakers. So get behind the Perth Wildcats uh, this season. Pick up your tickets. Head to ticketech.com.au. So Ruben Zatkovich, we haven't been able to track down. Tony Sage, the owner-chairman of the Perth Glory. We did catch up with him on the Ladbrokes Lounge, actually on SEN uh, that I host uh, with Ashley Nelson, who joined us uh, between 9 and 11 on a Saturday morning. Uh, Sagey, by the way, won't be there uh, tomorrow night. Misses his first home game for a long, long, long time. Years and years and years, he reckons, because this was uh, a late scheduled match and he had to fly to the Middle East uh, on Sunday. So he will miss the game uh, tomorrow night. But we caught up with him on the Ladbrokes Lounge on Saturday morning and just a little snippet of what he had to say. Good atmosphere there last night. Uh, okay, it's uh, certainly not the capacity crowd that you would hope maybe at HBF Park, but the three, 4,000 that go along uh, are certainly making a bit of noise, Tony. I know you're waiting for the government to provide some uh, at least financial support. That's still to come because of the move from HBF Park to Macedonia yep. Park. But generally, w- what do you think about the whole dynamics of the night there? Oh, it looks fantastic. I mean, uh, what? Uh, and I've got to thank the government for doing it. I mean, they've paid for that whole infrastructure. And also, uh, Luke at the club, uh, they've done a fantastic job. Look, it's a great atmosphere. And, um, you know, uh, you don't really get that much noise uh, at HPF Park until you get about thirteen or 14,000. So having them all crammed in there, um, it's great. Look, the other teams hate it. There's only one shower and toilet in, in their away room, so they hate it. They uh, don't like coming out there, uh, which is going to make that a little bit of a fortress. What, three games, two wins and a, and a draw. So we've got uh, another seven to go. And um, if we maintain that sort of uh, rage at the park with that sort of atmosphere, the guys love it playing there as well. So, yeah, it's um, it's fantastic uh, atmosphere. I, didn't, I, I was very sceptical uh, that the atmosphere would be the, a, any good, but I, it's changed my mind now after three games. Uh, Tony, you mentioned about um, McKennafin, you getting that injury replacement. How quickly does that get done? And is it a like-for-like replacement? Um, do you have to look sort of nationally or can you look overseas as well? 
Yeah, we can look overseas. Um, Andy Keogh is our recruitment guy. He's already made some calls. Uh, we only found out on Thursday night uh, how bad the injury was. So um, we only expected two, two, two to three weeks. So now it's uh, between two and three months. Uh, we need someone in that position. Um, so, yeah, so Andy's uh, on the job. He, he knows a few people, uh, obviously, around the world, uh, mainly in England, uh, that might want to come out. Uh, so he's he's on to that straight away, and that yeah, it'll be just an injury replacement till probably the end of May. Mm. Um, but yeah, we we actually do need one uh, experienced player. We've got a lot of young kids, but um, as you know, with kids, um, they don't uh, uh, they don't have that sort of consistency. Yeah, it's interesting. I spoke to Aaron McKenna actually, Ash, uh, at the chairman's function. Uh, he spoke very well. Actually, he said he was accidentally trodden on at training and he has to go in and have an operation on his uh, foot region, I think Tuesday he mentioned. So he could be out for up to eight weeks, but he's got a three-year contract. So he's here for another couple of years and he's a very, very handy 27-year-old who's played, you know, with hearts in Scotland and, of course, uh, represented the Republic of Ireland in the uh, World Cup, in the Nations League squad uh, just a a few months ago. So he's a very handy player. Tony, it's a big game on uh, Tuesday night, isn't it, Uh, against the... Uh, a side that you can beat, the Brisbane Raw, who were victorious last night against Melbourne Victory. You've got three games in a week to get three wins, and all of a sudden, you know, the season really has been kick-started. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if we get... Uh, let, I don't like predicting wins, but if you get the six points uh, in the next two games, that'll put us in seventh um, easily. So, um, yeah, the, it, it's very, very important. You've got to back up... Um, Three games in eight days, though, it is tough on the players, especially with the injury list we've got. Uh, but look, uh, the the resoluteness and the the unity amongst the group, and that's why we all laughed when we saw the reports about the, a dust up. Absolutely, uh, uh, um, didn't happen. So uh, yeah, it's it's a bit of a joke internally, but uh, uh, I think uh, Tuesday is very very important. And unfortunately, uh, because this was a makeup game, when I did my travel schedule, I won't be there. I think it's the first home game I've missed in 12 years, so it's going to be disappointing. But I'll be watching from uh, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> oh, there <laughs> yeah, you go. <laughs> Tony mentioned that to me last night, his first home game that he's missed in 12 years. But you'll be back for the Saturday game, won't you? Yeah, yeah, and hoping to get in a game to watch Ronaldo. Uh, I'm, I'm there. Oh, and, uh, yes. Reached out to the soccer folk uh, over in Saudi, and hopefully I can. They've got a, a home game, and I can go and watch uh, uh, the, the the maestro in in action. Oh, well, you're looking for an injury replacement player. I mean, you might have to <laughs> fork out a little bit more, uh, but uh, that'll be an amazing experience. Is he worth the the money for Saudi Arabia getting him uh, over there? Oh, look, it's a a five-year deal. He's only playing for two, but he's basically uh, Aussie dollars. It's a million dollars a day for five years, basically. (laughs) Um, Sorry, a million dollars a week for five years. Um, That's amazing, isn't it? It's just staggering. Uh, But I can tell you, it it, it was true. Uh, The the APL did actually offer him a, a contract to play in one of the clubs in Australia of his choice. Um, but uh, w- w- when his agent told him the number, I, I think they quickly retreated. As you would. You can't match that. Uh, that was Tony Sage. Uh, he spoke to yours truly, Peter Vlahos, and Ashley Nelson uh, on the Ladbrokes Lounge on uh, Saturday morning. For those people who didn't catch it, uh, gave us a bit of information. 
But he's up in Saudi Arabia, and he's going to try and see if he can watch Ronaldo, who, by the way, couldn't play in the season opener for Al Nasser, the Saudi Arabian side that's paid the big bucks to play him because he was under suspension for an incident uh, in the English Premier League when he was still playing with Manchester United. So uh, that suspension uh, certainly had to be uh, fulfilled because it was a FIFA requirement, so therefore he couldn't play in the opening match. But we'll be playing, as Tony mentioned, maybe in another game this week. Let's just update the weather before we go. It's uh, all thanks to New Farm, Australian through and through. Uh, for Perth tomorrow... Mostly sunny. Uh, it's going to be the chance of a shower in the early morning and the chance of a thunderstorm in the early morning as well. Winds east to northeasterly at 25 to 35 knots. Uh, they'll shift west to southwesterly in the middle of the day and there could be wind gusts about the hills up to 70 kilometres an hour during the morning. Dropping to a low tonight of 23, so it's going to be a warm one, up to 33 tomorrow. For Wednesday, cloud clearing back to 27, and then it starts uh, to go to 30 on Thursday, 29 degrees on Friday, and next weekend, Saturday and Sunday, at this stage, we're looking at 33 and 34 degrees. So the weather outlook there for New Farms products uh, are formulated with the highest quality right here in Australia. New Farm, Australian through and through. And uh, before I go... Just to let you know, as I mentioned, tomorrow night uh, I'll be broadcasting from Macedonia Park ahead of the Perth Glory match against the Brisbane Roar. And uh, we missed out on Ruben Zadkovic tonight for whatever reason. Um, he just uh, we couldn't track him down. Uh, hopefully he'll be there tomorrow because he needs to coach the Perth Glory. So hopefully I'll get him for a brief chat uh, just after 5 o'clock. Or if not, I'll get the CEO Anthony Radich to bring us all the latest news. So that's happening uh, tomorrow between 5 and 6 right here on Sports Day. As I mentioned, brought to you thanks to Kia, the seven-seat Kia Sorento large SUV. And you can join us any time, as we've had a couple this afternoon, on the Temper of Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736 is the number. If you haven't heard the news, uh, the big news today for mine... I know that uh, the West Coast Eagles youngster, Isaiah Winder, has been charged with assault following an incident in Geelong in early December. And at this stage, it looks like it'll be heard uh, late this year, that charge. But he returned to training with the Eagles' uh, A-League squad today after being banished to the Waffle program after this incident came to light. But for me, the big story is that Nick Kyrgios and Novak Djokovic have locked in a charity match, an exhibition match. It should be an extravaganza this Friday night at Rod Laver Arena. Tickets will be sold for the match and it will be a sellout with all proceeds going to charity. And the big question I threw out is, who will you be supporting? Because they're both competitive beasts. They both will want to win. Uh, is it Novak or is it Nick? I tell you what, a lot of people will be watching including myself, my producer Paul Heath as well. Good on you, Heater. Thanks for your health today. I'll catch you tomorrow from 5 here on SENWA.